What happens when a radio broadcaster gets let go from his sports talk job? Well, he tries to figure out what he wants to do next for a career, and in the meantime, joins the 4 million other podcasts on the internet, and the John Cast is born. Join me each week as I talk to guests I find interesting or entertaining from the world of sports, play-by-play broadcasting, or whatever else sounds fascinating to me at the moment. The John Cast is what I'm doing until I figure out what I'm doing. Subscribe, download, and I hope you learn something along the way. Hey, welcome in. This is the John Cast Podcast. It is episode number 39 of the podcast. And my guest today works for the University of Wisconsin, is part of their athletic communications staff. You have a fancy title. I'm sorry. Your fancy title, Patrick Herb, is? Director of Brand Strategy. So Director of Brand it's more Strategy. Than communications. It's kind of, it's helping oversee our external relations unit and how we, how we kind of market our brand beyond just basketball or football what the what the wisconsin w means for our community and and our badger nation and you are around and have been around the men's basketball team for how many years have you been around the men's basketball team now let's see i started in the summer of 2008 so that would be this would be my 14th season i guess it would be Okay. So, wow. Yeah. A long time. I got a lot of gray hairs to show for it. <laughs> These are the Bo Ryan years over here. <laughs> <laughs> the Bo Ryan years on your head. That's fantastic. <laughs> uh, well, before we start the podcast, I want to remind everybody that uh, Ian's Pizza is a proud sponsor of this podcast. And uh, we've got the bracket contest going up, uh, going on right now. We have until the games tip off on Thursday. And one lucky winner will win a 58-inch 4K television for getting the best bracket. But there are bonus points. Now, Patrick, you can't answer this. Um, this is your trivia bonus point to earn two bonus points for week one of the tournament. Here we go. I'm going to tell it to you in case you missed it on the last podcast. This Hollywood funny man wasn't in the laughing mood when his team lost in the NCAA tournament thanks to a buzzer beater by a badger. Okay? Yeah. I see Got you raise it. your hand. You got it. Yep. Once again, this Hollywood funny man was not in the laughing mood when his team lost in the NCAA tournament. Thanks to a buzzer beater by the Badgers. Go to johncastpodcast.com. Sign up. Then if you want the bonus points, just DM me the answer. Also brought to you by me and Julio with their monthly food specials. Plus you can go watch the tourney at me and Julio on Thursday. They've got $4 green beers, $4 green margaritas, and $18 corned beef and cabbage. And all month, the Reuben sandwich is 15 bucks and the rainbow trout tacos, which sound delicious to me are just $16. And then I've also partnered with Wisconsin. I've got the collection of t-shirts that you can go check out at johncastpodcast.com. Go buy a t-shirt and support the podcast. But like I said, Patrick Herb is my guest today as we talk about the Badger men's basketball team playing in the NCAA tournament. I guess I'll just ask kind of first off, how is the health? How is everybody feeling? How is the health of this team starting the tournament this year? Uh, As close to hundred percent as you're going to be in March. Truthfully, I, I, I think, if there's a blessing in losing the first game of the Big Ten tournament, it's that you get an extended break before the NCAA's. Um, every day is valuable for resting legs at this point of the season. So even playing on Friday in Milwaukee gives you another day. You could be starting tomorrow or, well, you could be starting yesterday, I guess, as a play-in game. But mm-hmm. um, I think it's good. The health's really good. The guys have, the guys have, you know, there's a lot of heavy miles on this starting five. We all, it's well-documented, but um I think there's a feeling of freshness around the team, having been around over the last couple of days. Johnny Davis is feeling good. He's been full go in practice the last few days. Um, and I think anybody that watched the Michigan State game would would come away from that thinking that he was maybe a little bit hampered. Um, 
certainly he wasn't the you know he wasn't available in the late in the game against Nebraska that regular season finale. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's ready to go. I think the team's ready to go, and I think they're ready to get out of the conference play and like see new teams. I, that 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 shouldn't be understated at this time of year. Yeah. So how much do the last couple of games, do you think, is there any carry over or what happened the last couple of games that they need to correct uh, losses at the end of the season? than like you're talking about in the big 10 tournament. I don't know. This is a, always a big debate on momentum and how important yeah. it is or not important. And I, you know, we've seen it go both ways. I've seen Wisconsin do really well late in the season and carry that through. And, you know, 2015, they were, they were a juggernaut. They won the Big Ten tournament, and then they went to the national championship game and just kept rolling. I've seen other years where they're slumping late in the season. The Badgers are, and then they rally and win a game they're not supposed to in the tournament, make the Sweet Sixteen. Um, I don't think the last two games have much bear much impact for what moving forward. I really don't. I think the Nebraska game was there was a bit of a hangover from the Purdue win, and Johnny Davis got hurt and was in foul trouble in the first half, and the team just didn't play well. And then the Michigan State game, um, I, maybe Davis wasn't 100%, and they didn't play great in that one either, but I don't know. I I, I wouldn't put – I don't put a lot of stake in the last two games. I, I think that there's 29 other games to look at of, of that's the team that we have, have come to expect on a night in, night out. Doesn't mean that they can't lay an egg, but – I, I'd be surprised if they don't play well Friday. I really would. All right, so let's talk about Johnny Davis. I would think that if the Badgers make a deep tournament run, at some point Johnny's going to have some sort of game that could perhaps propel them to the next round. But let's just take a look at the first game against Colgate and then hopefully the next game to get to the Sweet 16. How much of an impact or how much will they need Johnny Davis in perhaps maybe the first two games? Um, Good question. I think that much of what much of what I said about getting out of conference play is something that they're looking forward to. I think Johnny Davis is looking forward to that. The the second half of the Big Ten when teams were playing him for the second time, it got so physical. And I mm-hmm. and I he he shot a lot of free throws. He did draw a lot of fouls, but I think there was a lot of contact that they started looking the other way on and just like, well, that's big. That's Big Ten basketball. It's physical. And it wasn't just him. Like I'm not trying to say he got. Uh, unfair whistle compared to everybody else. But, but I think going against a team like Colgate, they haven't seen a player like him all season. Uh, he, they have played a few high major teams in the non-conference. They played Syracuse. They played NC state. They've never, have not seen anybody like him. Um, I think he has a chance to really attack the rim against them and that they, that it could be a big night for him. Tyler Walls, another guy that I, I think yeah. is going to have a big game Friday. I, I, there's not a lot of size on the Colgate team and, he Tyler Wall has emerged this season. It's fun to see that every player in the starting five has made huge leaps this year. Even Brad Davison, who after last year, I think so it would be fair to say, well, we kind of know who he is. Maybe there's not another level. He's taken another level. He's averaging 15 points a game and shoot and averaging almost three threes a game. But right down the line, Crowell's made big progress through the season. Hepburn has gotten better since November. Tyler Wall, um, other than Johnny Davis, who went from like <laughs> – Outside the top 100 to lottery pick, Tyler Wall is the guy who has made the biggest strides. And he had four shot attempts against Michigan State in that Big Ten tournament game. That's that's not enough, right? No. Like he needs he needs to be – he's earned the right to have more shots. So um, 
back to your, I mean, I, I rambled there for um, 90 seconds, but Johnny Davis, these first two games, I hope that the Badgers' strength and balance is what they need to win these first two and that if they need him, he's there. But when, when you think of making a deep run, you're going to have to beat a really top-tier team to do yeah. that. And deep, we're talking Sweet 16, Elite Eight, Final Four. And not that not that I'm overlooking Colgate, LSU, Iowa State as a triumphant. I hope that the Badgers as a team are good enough and balanced enough that it's not going to take 35 from him to beat them. That's right. what I'm saying. But if you do go down the run and you have to play Auburn or Kansas, well, then you might need 35 out of them. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Now, you were there when they beat Oregon in uh, in Milwaukee. They'll be playing right yeah. here, as you can see behind me if you're watching on Spotify. It was not in that building, though. No, no, but they'll be playing at Pfizer Forum. Um, but that building, the Bradley Center, at the time was so super beneficial. We talk, I was talking with Ben Brust on an earlier podcast, I think it was last week, and he talked about that was one of his most memorable games, even aside from the half-court shot against Michigan, and the crowd was a big reason why. So how much could the crowd at Pfizer Forum help the Badgers being about you know a little over an hour from Madison? Yeah, and, and forget that it's an hour from Madison. Like, there's a, there's a, there are hundreds of thousands of Badger fans in the Milwaukee metropolitan area that, that they don't even have to commute. Like, this is, it's a home game. We've been saying this internally. It'll feel like a home game because it is a home game. Not that it's Coal Center East, it's Badger territory. And I think it's going to have an immense impact. I think by the time that ball tips, 8.50 is the average, is the advertised start time. These things always run late. It's going to be probably nine o'clock. People are going to be tuned up and it's, I mean, I think it's going to have an awesome environment. And there, there are people who have purchased tickets months ago, hoping for this mm -hmm. and have been anticipating it. And there's, there's so much buildup to it. Um, hopefully the Wisconsin can take control in that Colgate game and not make it have to be the environment that it was in 14 against Oregon. They played American two days prior and they beat him by 40. And that game, it was still fun in there because it was just a laugher in the second half, but American also from the Patriot League. Um, yes. But the Oregon games, the thing, one of the things that I remember most is sometimes I try to sneak into the locker room and listen to pregame speeches, halftime speeches, and just kind of be in like in a side room or whatever, fly on the wall. And, mm -hmm. and I went in there for the halftime speech because I was like, oh my gosh, we're down 12. We're a two seed like heavy favorite in Milwaukee, this can't be happening down 12 at the half and really got outplayed pretty poorly. Um, and the last thing that Bo Ryan said to the team after all of the, you know, Hey, we got to do this better. We got to rebound. We got to close out. We got to get back in transition was we're leaving after this game and we're busing home no matter what we're either going out of the sweet 16 or we're going home and we're putting the uniforms away. So we're busing home right after this game. How do you want to feel on that bus ride home? And then he walked out of the locker room. <laughs> and it was it, like the gravity of it was just like, and I can't cuss on this. Or I don't want to cuss on this, but I, but I want, it makes me like, I don't want to cuss like, let's, let's go. That yeah. was the, like, that was it. And then, and if you remember, Wisconsin's first offensive possession of the second half was an air ball. And it was like, no, but Trayvon Jackson grabbed the air ball on the other side of the rim, laid it in for an and one, and they were off to the races. <laughs> yeah. And that was, yeah. that was as loud of an environment as I've heard. Another lasting memory 
was after the game. They played varsity. The band played varsity and everybody sings. And the team stuck around. Usually often the teams get out of there and they go back to the locker room. The team stuck around on the court because it was such a party and it was so loud and fun and nobody had left the building. And the team all sang varsity on the court at a neutral site game. That never happens. And the whole crowd, 17,000 people or whatever, it felt like we're all singing varsity at a neutral site. Like that was that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's cool. And you make a good point. Hopefully they won't need the crowd because if the, if the crowd gets, you know, if, if you need the crowd like that, you're probably playing in a close game. By the way, you talk about people buying tickets in advance. I will be attending my first NCAA tournament game on Sunday. Whoever is playing in that game, I'm not going to jinx anything, but I will be at that game on Sunday at Pfizer Forum, and I'm jacked. I'm pumped. That doubleheader. So, yeah, you'll get to yes. see hope, likely Purdue playing the first one and then yeah. Wisconsin hopefully in the second one. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be fun. Sunday's, Sunday's environment will be ramped up. It's supposed to be a gorgeous day, so hopefully the Deer District will be on fire oh, all morning. And right, yeah. It's supposed to snow Friday, though. Man, I'm, but whatever. Well, can't, be picky. can't be picky. No, and Friday, you, you talked about the 8.50 start, and you're right. Those things always get pushed back. 8.50 is never the right time. Um, so it'll be close to 9 p.m. Central time when that game tips off. How does the team pass the time during a late tip-off? You've had late tip-offs before, but this is probably the the latest they've had. We've had a 9 o'clock Eastern start oh, wow. when we were on the road. So yeah, I'd be, yeah. I guess that'd be the equivalent. Sure. Um, you could argue your body's on Central time when you only travel one day. Um, but – They'll stagger it with a variety of things to try to break it up. So it's not just always, you know, sitting in your hotel room. They'll have, they'll have a late, they'll let them sleep in. They'll have a late breakfast brunch. Um, we'll, we'll have a shoot around likely at Fiserv. It's about a 20 minute shoot around. It's really quick, but at least it gets them out, gets them moving around a little bit. Come back, probably do a little scouting report, um, kind of like a little mini film session uh, and do a, lot, a light lunch. Then they'll have a pregame meal always four hours before tip. So that'd be at five o'clock and then head over at 615, 630 or so. Mm -hmm. um, and then between that, that downtime, guys are kind of on their own. They, they'll, our strength, our, our strength coach always tells them nap in, th in 30 or 90 minute windows, 60 minute, 60 minute nap. No good. 15 yeah. minute nap. No good. Your body needs either a 30 or a 90. So that's a tip for you, John Adias. Yeah. Um, so, so they will, I would imagine guys will take a nap here and there. Um, they'll, they might, if it's decent out, they might walk around, but it's a lot of killing time. It's a lot of playing cards. This, this team has become card sharks and they play, they play cards relentlessly. Um, mostly blackjack. <laughs> wow. Okay. So blackjack is the game of choice. What other card yeah. games are the, are the, are the guys playing? What other card games? Yeah. What other card games? There's some other. Euchre? Is anybody playing Euchre? Uh, Brad loves Euchre. Brad Davidson <laughs> loves Euchre. As Sounds he's, right. You know, Midwestern Minnesota boy that he is. Um, they, there's, they mix in a few others, but Blackjack wins the day more often than not. And they kind of keep a running tally of of uh, how they're doing. You know, um, because I was going to ask you the togetherness of this team. How does it compare to teams of, of years past? It reminds me a little bit of of the teams that went to the final four, they were playing games, right? They were playing smash yeah. bros, uh, Mario Kart. Uh, was it Catan? Was it somebody playing that, that, that yeah. game? I think it was Gosser. I don't Settlers remember. Of Catan, yeah. How does the togetherness of this team kind of factor into some of the other teams you've seen at Wisconsin? Um, it compares favorably. I mean, it's a, yeah, it's a really, it's a close and a really loose group. Um, 
it's not as silly as some of those as those back-to-back Final Four teams. You know, right. they had goofballs that kind of were leaders, Nigel and Frank and Sam. Like those were they're goofy kids. There's not as much goofing on this one. Um, you know, like Johnny Davis is a pretty straight personality. He's yeah. fun to be around and he and he lets his I mean, he metaphorically lets his hair down a little bit when he's you know with the team. Um but they but they are really close. They they enjoy each other's company, which not every team can say that. Thankfully at Wisconsin, that's pretty common. Um, mm-hmm. It just kind of speaks to the kind of kids that they recruit, um, that they want that type type of guy. But this team is yeah, this team is really close. They've done a really good job of blending, like Brad Davison, who's seen everything you could possibly see, and is you know obviously his fifth year going around, blending that, but not let not being a dominant personality, but also blending in two newcomers who are brand new and Chris Vote and Jacoby Neath. And then allowing Johnny Davis's star to really emerge and have him like everybody knows you're the you're the man you're the focal point, but yet they don't treat him differently and he doesn't he is he is not a, an arrogant person uh, in that locker room he's not a you guys are riding my coattails I never see that out of him which is which is a really good attribute for him as a leader and so yeah they 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 enjoy each other's company I, they. For obvious reasons, they want the season to go on three more weeks. But um, I think they also want to to go on because they like being around each other. A couple final questions for you, Patrick. Um, What do you know about Colgate? Here's what I know. It feels like three-point shooting will be pretty important in this game because I know Colgate takes, what, something like 25 threes per game, and one of their top shooters is over 40%. Yeah, they jack. They jack a lot of threes. They got a bunch of guys between six foot two and six foot five, and they all shoot. They're not real big. They're not real. They don't play with a lot of um, back to the basket basketball. They do have a couple guys who can down low, um, but they have versatility in their shots. One thing that's interesting about the way they play is they they're really experienced. They have six seniors, and they've been in the NCAA. Most of those guys have been in the NCAA tournament three times, and so they've they've seen a lot. They've played a lot of basketball, and on their offensive sets. They don't run. This is this is coming from our what I've seen and heard from our coaching staff too. That mm-hmm. they don't necessarily run a lot of plays. They do a lot of read and reacts, where they they have sets in their offensive half court system, and then off of that, they've played so much basketball, played together so much that they just read and react. So if you're going to go under the screen, then I'm going to go this way. You're going to go over the screen, then I'm going to wrap. If you're going to if I'm if my teammate screens down and you double and you hedge. Well, then we're going to flip it this way and we're going to fade screen the backside and we're going to get a three out of it. That it's a lot of that, that there's, that they're so mature and experienced. Yeah. So that can cause problems. If you're, if you're undisciplined, it can really cause problems because you can't necessarily predict they're reading off you. You can't predict off them. So that, that, that's interesting. Um, but they do shoot a lot of threes. They, they make, they average almost 10 made threes a game, but they, they shoot it really efficiently. You know, they shoot 41% second in the country in three-point shooting. Wisconsin doesn't have a single player over 36% from behind the arc. So there's an interesting oh yeah. there's an interesting twist there or, you know, dynamic there of, of what the two teams do well. Um, I I shouldn't even say it, but, like, I if things go poorly, it will reek of – the Cornell NCAA tournament game yeah. yep. in 2010, 
when Wisconsin lost to Cornell down in Jacksonville in the NCAA tournament. And Cornell, I just I looked it up here. Cornell was man, it felt worse than that. They were eight for fifteen from three, so oh. over over fifteen percent. But it felt like they had eighteen of them. But yeah. that was a team that was again experienced and a bunch of shooters, and they just blitzed the Badgers. So they don't have the talent to match Wisconsin. They don't have the physicality to match Wisconsin. They have not seen a team the caliber of Wisconsin in three months, maybe at all, actually, because NC State and Syracuse really aren't in the same category. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, what you hope is that talent wins the day. But they have the ability to – ambush you with three pointers so yeah that 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 seems scary as a fan when you hear they shoot 40 percent as a team or whatever that for a little over 40 percent like yeah because you know how that goes when the other side starts drilling some threes things can get out of hand pretty quickly sometimes they can yeah that the yeah yeah, you just hope they don't hit the first few and get their confidence going and and feel like they feel like they belong you gotta make them feel like they don't belong (laughs) um so you were obviously there when the badgers won the uh clinched a share of the Big Ten Championship against Purdue at the Kohl Center. Chucky, it's the Chucky special. He starts selling sweatshirts and T-shirts online right away. That, what was that? that? Side topic, like that's a whole that's a whole brave new world, man. The whole NIL deal that yeah. it's it's neat because Wisconsin's Johnny Davis aside, Johnny Davis is going to make a lot of money playing basketball. So sure. he may not need the NIL stuff. But the other guys who – may not get rich playing basketball, the Brad Davisons and Chucky Hepburn, probably going to be a four-year Badger and and have a professional career overseas. You would, you'd forecast because of his size. Maybe, hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully he makes the NBA. But for those guys to be able to capitalize on it, that's what it was intended for. It's kind of neat. So the day after, they're like the day before the Big Ten tournament or day after the Big Ten tournament, Chucky's doing a Raisin Cane's promotion. And um, I just heard that some of our guys did a, are doing something with Mueller Sports and Mountain Dew, and and not only are they finding these on their own, but they're leveraging corporate partnerships that the Badgers have. So yeah. Pepsi Cola is a corporate partner of the Badgers. They're one of our title sponsors. They have pouring rights here and signage in our in our venues. Because they're one of our partners, our athletes can partner with them also and be able to use our marks. So when you drive around Madison and you see billboards with Johnny and Jordan Davis on it, they've got their actual uniform on. It doesn't have to be airbrushed out as just like, oh. hi, I'm Johnny, the basketball player. Yeah. So it's kind of our guys are really taking advantage of the spotlight that they're in for the season that they've had in the opportunities, but then also like leveraging some of these partnerships that Wisconsin has to to their benefit. And I, it's kind of cool because that's what NIL was designed for. Yeah, that's so cool. I didn't I didn't know that you could use the Wisconsin logo then if you're a partner with the University of Wisconsin. So that's that's a neat aspect of it. So what was that like though? What was the whole the whole atmosphere like, and you had something else to add to that too with the NIL, but what was that atmosphere like when they beat Purdue? What I was going to say wasn't important. Uh, okay. It was, it was awesome. It was among the top, God, I hate, it's so hard to rank experiences, but probably one of the top three Kohl Center environments that I've been a part of. And so that's 14 years now. And it was from an hour before tip, the student section was full. Kids were lined up at 10 a.m. for an 8 p.m. game, which we haven't seen that at the Kohl Center in a long time. We did kind of a last-minute whiteout to try and get fans to be unified and also just to feel like they've got a role in it, and it looked fantastic. The people, the participation was awesome. Um, so the the buildup and the hype around it, of a, it was the first top-10 matchup at the Kohl Center since 2014, 
where you had both teams in the top 10. Everybody knew a Big Ten title was at stake. We had the trophy was in the building. The hats were in the building. The shirt was in the building. We had ordered confetti cannons. We had all these things prepared that when you're on my side and you're, and your job is, is the marketing and the brand and the, and the, the execution of the engagement, you have to prepare for these things and, you know, and really like, you know, count your chickens before they're hatched. Right. And sometimes yeah. you get your heart broken. Sometimes you prepare for in 2015, you prepare to win a national championship. We had a parade route and everything planned that okay badgers beat duke we're coming back to madison on and wednesday morning we're doing a parade da, 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 da. we have all this planned and then you lose the game to duke and it hits the graveyard and that's the way it goes mm-hmm. and then sometimes you put everything into it and you arrange everything and you just cross your fingers and and then magic happens and that's what tuesday night was that purdue game it was magic and everything came together right down to the environment and the energy to the dramatic finish and having two banked in shots in the final minute. I mean, everybody talks about Chucky's, but Johnny banked one in two just before that, where he tried to get fouled and leaned in and threw it off the glass. And it was, it was awesome having big cat there. Like he was a whole sideshow on his own, but, right. but he had a blast. And then he went on pardon my take and Titus and Tate's podcast and spent 15 minutes giving us an infomercial about how great Madison is and Badger basketball is. And it was, there was so much, good about that day that it was it was really fun <laughs> yeah and people don't and and i'm sure the players don't know like when you're planning all this stuff because i was around that with the with the national championship for yeah. for volleyball and nice shirt. yeah like the next day they come home to madison there's a there's a welcome back at the at the uw field house but those things all have to be you know prepped you got to talk about it and and you know the, the team's just trying to win a, a game and yeah, there's a little bit of a shell like cloak and dagger going on of like, yeah. okay, where's the trophy going to be before the game? Sure. We don't want anybody to see it. Nobody right. can see it. That's it. You're jinxing it. Where are the hats and the shirts going to be? Like, so the Big Ten ships them to you and you got to, all right, we got to sit on them for a week and hope we need them. In 2015, the year that was the year we went to the national championship game and lost to Duke, we won the Big Ten and we had to make a decision. We played at Maryland in the third to last game of the season fourth to last game of the season. And Badgers had a chance to clinch the share of the Big Ten title that night at Maryland. And we still had three more games to play after that. And so we as a as a staff had to kind of decide, well, do we want to bring the trophy? Because if we win, we win a share of the t- at least a share of the title. But there's yeah. so much season left. We got a home game next week, two more yeah. road games. And so we decided that we would and but bringing a trophy on a road trip is even harder than at home. It's a lot easier to hide it at home, but traveling with a large trophy when there's only 30 some people that travel on these parties and we don't bring a lot of luggage. It's not like a football team where we have all this equipment. So we had a, we called it the pineapple. That was our code word for this trophy. And we had to, we had to sneak it out of the plane, sneak it into the hotel, sneak it into the arena in case we needed it. Then we were, the game was really tight. So we're like, well, we got to have it close in case we need it right after the game. Then we lose the game. We're like, okay, nobody can know that we had it here. Bo Ryan didn't know we had it. I, if he if he knew we had the trophy on that trip and we lost the game, it would have been my fault. Oh, that's, wow. That's, that's just the way it goes. <laughs> I would have right. had to wear that. So, he would have found a reason, right? Because I heard he'd, he'd switch hotels if you guys lost on the road. Yeah. 
Yeah. He yeah. wasn't superstitious, but he was a little stitious. And, <laughs> and that's the type of, but yeah, that's the type of thing. Like you, you have to plan for it. So we had the trophy and it wasn't our trophy yet. So we had to smuggle it back home again. And thankfully they won the next game against Michigan state and we got to celebrate, but that's, yeah, that's, that's kind of some of the inside baseball stuff of By planning the and preparing these things. You get bonus points for an office reference right there with the little stitches. Uh, so <laughs> congratulations. Um, all right. So when I used to have you on, uh, I had a show on, on the AM radio, it was called the rundown and uh, you would come on every once in a while and you'd always provide like your stat of the week or your stat of the day or whatever. So do you have a stat that uh, Badger fans can um, think about, I guess, as we get ready for the NCAA tournament this weekend? Uh, a stat? John, I got it. Do we got, got a whole book right here. Got a whole got book right here that if you're watching, it's like full of all it is is stats and and notes and numbers. Um, so this is a labor of love that Brandon Harrison and I put this together before the before every game, and it's beefed up for the tournament. But I got like I got a couple. Okay, I got one that people have probably heard, and but it'll be, it's good to brag about. And then I got one that may not be known. Um, so Johnny, the first one I'll do Johnny Davis. He is one of five finalists for the Jerry West Award, which is goes they they the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame does a, an award for each of the five positions. So they do a, a point guard to Bob Cousy, a shooting guard the Jerry West. Then there's a Julius Irving, a Carl Malone, and a, a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Frank and Ethan both won the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Johnny's up. He's one of five finalists for the Jerry West. Of the other of the other four finalists, mm -hmm. I went and looked at. So we've talked about how he dominates when the lights are the brightest, right? That he does so well in ranked games. That's been out there quite a bit. That's a stat. Yep. Compared to that group of the of him and the other four finalists, there's nobody within six points per game of him in ranked games. He's averaging 24 points per game against ranked teams, and nobody else is even over 18 of those finalists. So that's a good one. But yes. the one that you people, people may kind of be like, yeah, I'd kind of do that. The one that maybe they don't is Wisconsin – has 12 wins over the NCAA tournament field teams in the NCAA tournament, the most in the country. Ooh, there is a fun fact. Well, cause they have so many quad one wins, right? Yeah. And well, and they played in a big 10, the big 10 got nine teams in it. So yeah. you're going to, you're going to yeah. stack up a lot of opportunities, but, but in the non-conference, they beat Marquette, they beat Houston, they beat St. Mary's Texas A&M should have been in the tournament. They beat them. That would have been another one. So they've just they've racked them up, and nobody nobody has more wins over the tournament field than Wisconsin. So can they turn that twelve into thirteen on Friday? Let's go. By the way, then you use these stats if you're listening to this when you're with your buddies watching the games, being like, "Yeah, you know they have the most wins against uh, any uh, uh, against tournament teams than any other team in the tournament right now, right? With twelve, and then you'll sound smart, right? You can sound smart by stealing Patrick's stats, or just to ask people like. I bet you five dollars you can't name the team that has the most wins against the tournament field. Oh, it's got to be uh, Kansas or Gonzaga. Gonzaga, yeah. It's not. It's well, Wisconsin. It's Wisconsin. All right. Well, Patrick, I appreciate you taking some time. Have fun in Milwaukee. Short trip for you and the team. Um, I'll be there on Sunday. Whoever's playing, I'm not saying maybe I'll see you. Maybe I won't. I don't know. I don't want to jinx anything. I hope I see you Sunday. That'll be yeah. that'll mean that'll mean good things. Thanks All for right. having me, John. All right. Thanks, Patrick. All right, there you go. That's Patrick Herb of uh, the University of Wisconsin. And uh, thanks for listening to this episode. Once again, a reminder, if you want to sign up for the NCAA tournament, uh, if you missed it already, well, too bad, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, but 58-inch 4K TV at stake. Go to johncastpodcast.com and you can earn bonus 
uh, points by answering trivia. This week's trivia, one more time, if you missed it, is... This Hollywood funny man wasn't in the laughing mood when his team lost in the NCAA tournament thanks to a buzzer beater by a badger. DM me that answer. You'll get two bonus points this week. JohnCastPodcast.com for the T-shirts. We got the Don't Get Bored T-shirt. That's the advice Chauncey Billups gave the volleyball team in defending their championship coming into this next season. It's pretty cool. It's in that uh, red. It's the soft tri-blend T-shirts, all the JohnCast Podcast T-shirts. And me and Julio get to the tournament. Uh, Watch the tournament. Get to me and Julio. On Thursday, they got the uh, specials going on and um, $4 pints of beer, green beer, $4 green margaritas, $18 corned beef and cabbage. And they've got monthly specials as well here in the month of March. So thanks for listening. I will talk to you later. I think I covered all my bases. I think I got it. Talk to you later next time on the John Cast Podcast. Goodbye.